Nala Ziratansiriku. And my name is Nat Wittiyatanasan. Welcome to Your Own Terms, a podcast that helps you have the life of your dream. Hi, listeners. We're excited to have you on our first episode of Your Own Terms. Today, we'll talk about how to create your dream life. Have you ever felt like what you're doing isn't right, but not sure which path to take? How do you decide which career to pursue or which job to take? So whether you've been working for a while and want to design your next chapter, or you're just starting out your career and wondering where to start, we've got some framework for you. Today, we'll uncover all these questions and talk about the framework that we can use to decide your next career steps. But before we do that, uh, Nella and Nat will share about a career story uh, so that you know that uh, what we've done before and what sort of issues we've found uh, throughout our, our life. Nella, do you want to share? Yeah, sure. Since it's our first episode, um, it's better that we get to know um, each other a little bit. Um, so I started out, I graduated from, from Chulalongkorn University from arts faculty, arts program. So I uh, study language and culture. Um, and if you're in Thailand, you would know um, that if you graduated from arts, you're kind of expected to be um, a flight attendant. It's like a classic job for like, oh, you're good at English. Um, yeah, so so I didn't want to be a flight, flight attendant, but I didn't know what are the options, right? Because I don't know what I'm good at. You know, when we when when you were younger, Nat, have any adults ever asked you like, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? Uh, probably. I don't remember. It's been so long. <laughs> I'm over 30 now. <laughs> so I don't remember exactly what they asked, but that is always a burning question for me because if you look around, mm -hmm. some people or some of my friends know exactly what they wanted to do mm -hmm. um, and have very much like high conviction on their career choice. Uh, one mm -hmm. of my friends is an investor managing equity portfolio in Hong Kong. And he was very clear since we were in MBA school of what he wanted to do. And that's what he pursued during MBA school and after. And for me, I kind of didn't know. And when you got admitted to MBA school, you're supposed to have the answer because recruiting started right away. Uh, when you set foot in the school, a couple of weeks in, recruiters start coming to campus and you have to choose mm -hmm. which path you want to take. So I didn't know either. And I tried um, I tried consulting for a while because it was very structured and there was clear path for recruiting. Um, but then I figured out that that wasn't for me through the process. And so I had to reconsider, oh, what am I interested in and what else uh, that I that I that I was into. So, yeah, hmm. path for me was never clear. I wasn't that kid that knew from the start what I wanted to do. Yeah, it would be it would have been really nice to want to be. I, I thought when I was younger to to want to be a doctor or want to be a scientist or or even astronaut at some like at least you have some kind of a dream right i was um what you would call the direct product of thai educational system that i don't know what i'm good at i don't know what i want to do i just you know get good grades and get by um yeah so i i was trying to be a flight attendant for a while um didn't like it and then i jumped into the startup scene um working in thai startup association and then after that, working in a startup, um, doing corporate trainings um, and also even organizing. Um, and then I also get to work in, in some amazing startups here and there. Um, just to share with you, um, right now I'm still working. 
um, as a startup, um, as an innovation consultant um, and training for corporates. Did you know you wanted to do this? And are you still having existential oh. crisis of what you should be doing? I think I think like sometimes people feel um sometimes people talk about figuring your life out as if it's something that you do once and then it's going to be done. Um, but I think it's like an ongoing process throughout your life. You kind of figure out your way one step at a time. And sometimes you feel like, oh, you've seen it through, but something happens that you didn't plan for. And then you have to adjust again and rediscover yourself again. So to answer your question, um, I didn't even know that startup exists. Um, never imagined myself um, speaking in front of a whole crowd. Never imagine imagine myself training um, for 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 um, executives who are much much older than me. Just you know, talking about it still sounds unreal to me. So what sort of framework do you use when thinking about career choices? Like, is there anything helpful out there that we can sort of resort to um, for people to, who, who who are going through the same journey and, and making um, similar decisions? I think I, I didn't know it back then um, that it's a framework. Like nobody taught me, I wish, hence this episode, right? So nobody told me how to think about this. I just try to navigate myself through everything. But when I think back, what really resonates with me is the framework called Ikigai. A lot of you guys may, may have already heard about it. Um, it's a Japanese um, word for reason for being. Um, so is hence so your reason for getting out of bed every morning, for living. Just imagine you have that reason um, to, to go to work every day, how fulfilling it would be. Right. So um, Ikigai um, consists of four things. The first one is what you love. The second one is what you're good at. The third one is what the world needs. And the last one is what you can be paid for. So if you can find something that answer to all these criteria, Ikigai says that you're going to have a fulfilled life. So it yeah. has to be what you love, what you're good at, which is your skill. That means mm. with what the world needs and the world wants to pay you for right so it has to be something that you love plus um validated by the world as well yeah but when you listen or, or, or see these kind of frameworks um I think it's kind of overwhelming of like oh how am I supposed to find everything that fits every criteria so idealistic right um looking at it um from a growth mindset perspective it doesn't have to fit all the circles at once um, but you can make it like that if you make the plan and you take actions. But then that goes back to the first question that we posed um, at the beginning of the, the episode, which is, how do you know what you love? Most people are just average people, right? Like we don't know what we love. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So if I think if I were to go back um, to tell myself in my 20s, who didn't know what what she liked or what she she good at or what she doesn't know shit basically so um I would just you know just try and don't focus on money um focus on the learning curve for the exposure um that gets you out into the world and meet as much people um as you can try um as much of the work different kind of work as you can and then you sort of you know know how to eliminate what you like and what you don't like um, and you will know, okay, this is the function of work that I can do. This is what the function of work that I'm good at. 
Um, maybe you're good with people, but you're not good with data like me. Or maybe you're otherwise. There's nothing wrong, but you just have to get yourself out there. You know, uh, one of the questions I had when I was in uni during my undergrad was which major to choose, right? Because there were so many, mm-hmm. and you can do different things. I ended up at a Did business school. Then so clear that what you wanted to to study. <laughs> no, I was in business school. There are so many things you can choose for major, and I just looked at my cousin who made a lot of money. And she was like five years older than me, and she took finance. And at the time, mm. I was like, "Should I go for finance, or should I go for hospitality, or should I go for marketing?" Like, don't know what I wanted. But then I chose the path that would give me the most money, which is finance. But the good thing is, I happen to be um, to be quite good at it. I enjoy learning finance, right? And so, when you see your friends copying your homework or assignment, you know that you're probably <laughs> better than them. <laughs> So, so that's God, that was the right one. Yeah, that's a moment of realization. Yeah, that's. I think um, that's a really good point because a lot of times we feel like we need to have a very clear conviction and very strong conviction towards our choices, but life taught us that it's not going to be that way, and it's never going to be that way. Sometimes you feel stronger about the the choices than than another. Uh, sometimes you just you know try to write pros and cons and choose the best. Yeah, one thing that was helpful for me at the time was finding a role model. Like, oh, mm-hmm. can you see yourself developing into this person? And what was his or her path to getting there? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really simple but still valid uh, way mm-hmm. of discovering what you're curious or interested in, right? Um, because mm-hmm. it's like your inner self telling you that, oh, I like this person. I want to become this person. So you just, just mm-hmm. follow your internal compass so to speak yeah um going back to to exposure because a lot of times you are not like not every every parents are their kids hero right um so if you don't have your role model and you don't can't think of anyone um maybe it's probably because you haven't got out there um and know enough people so go out there meet enough people so um going back to ikigai right if you uh, were to start i think I, I think there's a lot of ways to start um exploring or finding your ikigai per se right but one of the ways um that i find quite effective um is starting with what you love so um i know very idealistic um do what you love and you never work a day in your life but i'm um, really um when it's not, it's not only for me, what you love, it's not just about what you love doing. For example, I love sleeping. That doesn't count, right? But what you love means what you find value in. What that? Um, what are the topics that you talk about and you can go on and on and it gets your blood flowing and you, it gets you excited, right? Um, for me, it's basically, um, now you already know, um, gender equality or empowering people to be their best selves. Um, and that's also why um, we started this podcast to raise awareness about gender equality and also um, empowering you guys to be the best version of yourself. Yeah, I so- realized that when I was in my mid-20s when mm-hmm. I started um, working, volunteering at a nonprofit organization, helping women who didn't finish high school by teaching them English or computer skills to improve their earning potential. That was very touch a touching moment for me because I felt really, really good afterwards when like some of them come to thank me after the class. And so I think that's like one of an, a gauge in terms of like, oh, this thing makes your heart full. 
um, when mm. you do it and you feel like, oh, this like lift me up internally. Of course, you're not going to be able to find unless you try different things, right? So sometimes you'll stumble into this like, oh, my heart's so warm kind of moment. And then just remember what actually caused that to happen. Mm. Um, sometimes what makes your heart full is when you give. Right. And and if you try with charity or going out helping people nonprofit, don't let that stop you into thinking that this cannot make money. But look deeper into the cause of why is it make you feel like that? Is it because you are helping the underprivileged? Is it because you are um, helping poverty? Um, what is the cause that makes your heart full? I love that. What is the cause that makes your heart full? You're writing that down. <laughs> so it takes time to explore, right? So if you have a full-time job, if you um, have financial commitments and you cannot just leave your job and find what makes your heart full and what makes you happy um, at the time, it's also something to consider as your your side project, as your passion project until it grows into something um, that you can that you can monetize. Starting with, um, with what you love and then moving on to what you're good at. How do you know what you're good at? Try. You have to try. If if you don't try, you'll never know. It's so classic. But how do you find um, what you're good at from your experience? Giving people, giving your homework out to people? Is that how you find what you're good actually, at? Actually, I don't know until um, mm. people uh, tells me what I'm good at because mm. like, your, I think your view of yourself is not always accurate. And so this one, you might have to hear it from people around you. Maybe you can ask them, hey, like, what do you think are my qualities that are, you know, that stand out uh, to you or that you think is outstanding versus other people? I think that's like a very simple way to to figure out. And like some of my friends would say, oh, I'm like quite good at like networking, connecting with people, putting myself out there, etc." I never knew how that could make me money because it's just one skill, right? Um, but then... What you're good at is just, to me right now, is a combination of the different skills you have and how you package them together to solve problems for the world or solve problems for your career. Because there's no other people who have the same package as you. Because it's you as an individual that has all these packages, right? So finding like a combination of skills that really stand out for yourself and figure out how to deploy those skills to make money. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, we have similar experience. Um, I didn't know what I'm good at until someone tells me that I'm good at, you know, X, Y, and Z. Something that I want to point out as well is to give out compliments to people and be supportive of people in, in your community or people around you. Because sometimes you don't know what they're facing. Maybe they're trying to figure themselves out. Um, and what you say to them, what you compliment them, um, may have stick to them um, for a lifetime. So next one, after knowing what you're good at, is figuring out how you can be paid for it and what the world needs. How does that work? Yeah, so so um, we're... we're sort of um, packaging what the world needs and what you can be paid for into one topic. Um, how is it different to start off what the world needs and what you can be paid for? So what the world needs is something that means that you have to find something that's either fixing the problem or adding something positive into other people's life, right? Um, so you don't have to be fixing traffic or any 
very painful problem all the time, but sometimes you can bring sunshines and rainbows and candies into the world, right? Um, but that's not enough, right? Even though um, this is what the world needs, sometimes people don't pay for it. Yeah, so one of a uh, great, great example is one of the startup pitches to me, um, their idea of a app, a, a bus um, navigation app. So people um, can, can download this app, subscribe to it, and when you get on the bus, um, it will tell you when to when to get off. This is to fix the problem of people um, sleeping on the bus. And then, I will subscribe to that. Number yeah. one customer. It failed um, because people wouldn't pay for it. It's not free. So for example, if you have to pay a um, hundred baht um, a month just for an app to notify you that you're passing your stop, people, nobody wants to pay for it. It's fixing the problem but it has no financial value, right? Um, so you have to find what the world needs. And also um, this is the problem um, or the value that people would pay for. Mm. So have financial value in it. Mm. One thing that I've been um, getting coached on is this also because I've only worked, I, I've, I've always been an employee my whole life. So I don't really know how much my skills are worth or like what's the market value, right? Because I just take whatever pay um, the employer suggest or are proposed to give me. And I never knew like, oh, I am worth like 300K, 400K type of per month or should I, am I worth less than that? Um, one of the things that my coach taught me was to understand the problems that the other person that I'm talking to is having. So for example, let's say I'm talking to you, I might ask you like, you know, you know, in business or in your like life, like what's the biggest problem that prevent you from getting your business to where you want it to be, right? And then I'll, after, after understanding the problems, um, I'll figure out how to solve it using my skill set, and then propose to you in order to figure out what you're willing to pay for it. It's similar, this is like applying, figuring out what the world needs um, from a business point of view to a person point of view, right? Because given my value or my skill set, how can I solve your problem so that I can get paid? Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about your experience when you started your uh, corporate innovation business of like, how do you figure out what the world is willing to pay for, to, to pay for this? And how did you like build that conviction to start the business? When I was first starting out, um, I didn't know how much I should be charging my clients. I, I used to be an employee as well, right? And then I started my own company. So I, I, I was basing it off of my salary, which my first salary was like 25K um, baht per month. And I was basing it off of that first salary. And I was like, oh, this is already a lot. How can people pay for this, right? Um, I didn't know the market value, um, but how did I gauge that basically see my competitors um, go out in the market um, really? Um, some I What I also did is that I subcontracted um, to my competitors as well to see how they operate, um, to see what, what we're better at and how much they charge, even though they charge us, right? Um, yeah, so how that's how I, I sort of navigate myself, how to put the price tag on my service. Yeah. But how did you know that this is like something that the world will pay for? 
I wasn't I wasn't like sure like I wasn't like sitting in the meeting room and then think to myself this is what the world would pay for I would go out and do etc etc it started off as a um a gig like when I was working full-time people were like oh can you do this for me um can you be a project manager for this and then I see the opportunity um and I um sort of asking them um, for the next opportunity, right? For example, um, I was a PM for a project A and then they're doing project B. I was like, okay, um, I was pre PM for project A. Um, I also have a service of organizing the whole thing. Um, would you be interested? I can write you a proposal and come up with a quotation first. And of course I didn't get paid much because it was my first job. I didn't have any portfolio, right? Um, but your portfolio kind of grew um, and then you can, you can see that um, people pay for this. So figuring out the problem that they were having and then propose yeah. a way to solve it. Yeah, and also um, go out there and be open to opportunities. I think it's also coming back to your mindset, right? If you keep looking for opportunities and seeing where you could, you know, sort of fit in and expand your opportunity and your territory, you would see it. But if you, back at the time, if I see it, oh, I'm, I'm just a project manager. How am I supposed to do all this? This is the whole organization kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't even ask. Yeah, so I think it's, it's about being open to opportunities and also um, try a little bit at a time. So all of your experiences and work, um, work and personal would lead you to have some kind of skill set and background, right? And that skill set mm -hmm. and background will then eventually lead you to um, think about what kind of problems you can solve for other people. So it's really important for you to figure out what kind of skill you want to have or can you be like conscious about it or intentional about it it feels kind of hard to know what you're good at you mean to know that hey okay I want to practice the skills I'm going to take this job for a few years and then I want to practice the skills I'm going to take this job for a few years right I think for us, it's easier for us to look back and like piece together all our skill, right? And figure out how we can solve the problem. But for a new jobber or a fresh grad, you're like a clean, clean slate. So you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you're good at. You don't know. What it is. It's just, yeah, figuring out, like, how do you figure out the, the steps that you should take? I think um, being a fresh grad is the best place in the world. You know why? Because you can fuck up and nobody is going to scold you about it. You have the permission to fail and you have the permission to explore and to learn, right? Because people know that you just started out and they have no expectations towards you. So whatever you do, it will exceed their expectations, right? So, so for fresh grads, it's really important to optimize or find what hmm. you love and what you're good at first before you even think about, okay, how can I utilize my skill to yeah. fix problems for the world? Like, yeah, like I think one, step by step thing. I think that, that, that's one way of doing it. Um, but I think sometimes it comes together in a way. It's not like you're intentionally finding what the world needs, but what you can, but while you're exploring what you're good at, um, a lot of times it's something that people paid for, right? Or else pe no one will hire you. It's, it's the kind of skill that's needed in the market, one way or another. Um, but how you would package it later in your own terms, um, that kind of depends on you. Um, so I think um, my advice would be to ex 
explore as much as you can to do as much as you can and try to go extra mile about it. Try to do more than you were asked. Try to raise your hands in the meeting room um, and, and just volunteer to do stuff. It would, it, it tremendously affect, um, impact my life, I would say. Mm. Because I didn't think about money back then. I was just like, oh, are there anything I could do more? Are there anything um, I could practice? Are there anything? Yeah, just just volunteer and do as much as you can. So maybe we can give some tips on how you can figure out what mm-hmm. you're, what you love and what you're good at. Number one tips, yeah. what would it be? Um, I think I talk a lot about um, get, um, putting yourself out there and try as much as you can, but that wouldn't mean anything um, if you don't reflect on it and and really internalize of what does it mean for you, right? So I think my first tip would be about self-awareness. Um, so really, um, when you try to do something, really sort of make a routine of reflect back to yourself um, what really drains you or what increases your energy, um, what you're good at or what you're really not good at and you're not going to do it. So um, sometimes saying no um, can be a plus as well. Are there anything... Um, that you would share on this? So I was talking to a friend about this because the the same friend that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, who is an equity investor. And I asked him like, have you ever been bored? He's like, no, because I enjoy the day-to-day, the work that I'm doing every day, right? He loves talking to CEO. He loves thinking about high-level stuff. And I asked him, how did you know in the first place? And he said, through the process of elimination. Because he started his job as an investment banker working on a tech sector. And he was at one point, he was curious whether he can be a product manager. So he went through an interview. And the interview was Amazon. Then they asked him about, you know, how would you optimize Amazon gift card? And he just didn't care about it. It was just like a freaking gift card. How can you, like, why would you want to optimize it so much? Right. So that sort of like tells you what drains your energy and what increases your energy, what you care about and what you don't. And so throughout all the work, if if you notice what you love or enjoy doing, and then you can use that sort of like um, as a guide to finding a career Mm -hmm. that allows you to do that, right? And number two is um, what I wanted to point out is like, there are three things that one can optimize for and it's either impact, learning or money. So you can either optimize maybe one or two things in your career, right? So at a time when you're young, you might optimize for money, but that's not going to be something that is going to motivate you throughout your life, right? Uh, At the end of the day, it has to come from either learning or impact that you're making. So at the end of the day, I think it's important to think about the people that you're working with, that you're playing the game, that you have to enjoy the game that you're playing with and with the people that you're surrounded by. So when I was young, I didn't care about people so much, but now it, I, I, I just want to do something with people I like and I, I enjoy working with because working shouldn't feel like work. Mm. So um, basically how to find, how to enjoy the game. Yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, my take would be slightly different from you. Um, you said you can, we can optimize three things, right? Um, what was it? One impact, out of three. Learning, impact learning money right? Um, I think if you're starting out, um, you should focus on learning because once you hit 30, 
um, when you fail, it's really going to look like failure. Um, and by 30, if you're applying for a job at 30 or you're being an entrepreneur at 30, being someone else's boss, people kind of expect you to know your thing already. Whereas when you're like 23, 25, you don't know your thing. That's fine. You just graduated. Um, so yeah, um, I would focus on learning um, and trying to go out and network as much as possible. And then um, when the time is right, when you already collected all the right ingredients and you can cook this beautiful meal and people and, and you can optimize for impact and money later. Great. So we hope that Ikigai will be something that you can think about and try to apply in your career. Um, if you have any comments in terms of like learning uh, from applying this, feel free to give us comment or shout out on our Instagram page. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. If you like our content, please show us some love by giving us a five-star rating on your podcast app. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback on your own terms podcast on Instagram. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.